Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester here to go through almost everything in the British Basketball League this week. Full disclosure, people, um, I didn't realise I was doing the game today. I'm doing Cheshire against Sheffield uh, later. Um, so we decided that we're going to just go through everything else and just leave that one. Nothing yeah. riding on it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that gave. I mean, the fact I've been up till six o'clock, obviously, you know, you know, in the club, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and, and you, know, you know, dealing with all my techno music issues, you know, I thought I'd still get up early and and do my best for the for the for the, the three people. of you guys who are watching loyally, um, or listening. Yeah, there really wasn't great. So yeah, so that's uh, first of all, uh, London Lions eighty, Juventus Barcelona eighty two. Um, that was a big loss. I, I I've only seen the final play. I haven't seen the whole game, mm -hmm. but that was a big loss for uh, London, given that Hapoel were playing Paris that day and lost. Um, yeah. And they're three three rounds left. They're a win behind Hapoel Tel Aviv, and Hapoel Tel Aviv have the head to head. So really unlikely that. Um, they're going to be in the top two, um, mm. which the benefit of being in the top two means you don't play. Uh, you don't play in the eighth final. You go straight to the quarterfinals, and also you'll be at home. Yeah, the um, I mean, I watched did watch quite a lot of this. Not all of it, but certainly a lot of it. Um, I'm kind of skipping around. Um, they didn't really have any excuse, London. They 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 came out very slowly, not so much in the way they were playing, but they missed shots early. And Badalona went up, I think, 12, 13 points in the first quarter, quite early, like, you know, 17-4, something like that, 20, 20 to 7. And, um, you know, Conor Morgan had a couple of open threes early, which you expect to go down, didn't go down. And, you know, they haven't quite, this year, played with the same vigour on the at home that they have on the road mm. in Europe. They haven't had that same certainty about them. And then it was, it was kind of, can you catch up? And London actually never got in the lead in the whole game. You know, which is remarkable for a two-point game. They never, they never got to the point where they got over the top. They were always chasing it. Um, it was interesting, primarily looking at them going forwards because they've, they've got Nwaba now, who they're integrating. And how do you integrate him? Is he a two? Is he a three? Could he even be a four in the BBL? Um, and in this game, um, for the first time, three and a half minutes to go, it's like a four-point game, something like that. It's a tight game. Um, Bozic takes Matt Morgan out, who's been playing very well. I think he's just giving him a blow for a minute. And he runs this lineup of Tariq Phillip, David Nwaba, Grantham, Conor Morgan, Olasheni, or Sharma, whoever. So, a really big lineup Grantham at the three, Nwaba at the two. And he ran that all the way down to like the last possession. And that kind of intrigued me because, you know, I can't. can't comprehend a universe where Matt Morgan's not in the game with three minutes to go in a close game. You know, it's it's a bit of a stretch. He wasn't in foul trouble. He was, you know, he was able to the, if it's any consolation, European teams are just as dumb as British teams in giving up <laughs> in giving up Matt Morgan 60 feet um layup passes immediately after foul shots. Yeah. At Badalona, they did that to Badalona as well. Um at a crucial time when Badalona just just gone up seven in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. Um, and he came out and they went with Noir there. So, against that background, it's kind of understandable that maybe you wouldn't win that game because he's only been there three games. Mm. But you've got to get him those reps because he's going to be a big player for you. 
but getting him those reps whilst you're in the middle of high pressure games isn't easy. Mm. Um, and I think ultimately they, they they probably paid for it. It might not be in the possession side of it, but um, just in that just in the way that they they were kind of matched up with each other. Um, it's always difficult to win when you're new. Mm. Always difficult. And Tomich played well for for Badlow, and he kind of became impactful in the fourth quarter. Uh, and ultimately, um, the guy that missed, the guy that made the floater, good, de- decent defense from Grantham at the end. Mm. He just missed a foul shot to put the game away. But you know, he sets him up going left just so he can get half that step going right, and she made the floater. That's a great play. Mm. And the worrying thing now is that actually puts Juventud on 10 of 5, so the same record as London. And Besiktas, who come to London next week, I was doing their game, they won. So they're 9 and 6. London won by 3 in Istanbul, so they can't afford a 4-point loss or they'll lose the... Uh, can't afford a 4-point loss in regulation no. time or yeah. they'll lose the head-to-head points in overtime don't count. So if it goes to overtime, London win the head-to-head. Hallelujah. You know how long I've been saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how long? I mean, my view is always overtime games should be recorded as a one-point win. I mean, obviously, if it's equal points, fair enough. But, it's, but you should never have a situation where you can extend the points difference in overtime. Yeah, uh, it's been like that in Euro Cup Euro League for a number of years now. Where yeah, because they, they, they're, 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 yeah, they're actually proactively looking at things that could go hideously wrong. Mm. And preventing them from happening. Yeah, I'm assuming at some point, you know, ten years ago, somebody did that, and they went, "We're not having that again." Well, um, but 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 the the worry about that is if they were to lose to Besiktas, yeah. uh, and they were to 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 lose by more than four and lose the head to head, then there's a potential they could drop all the way to fifth, and mm. obviously fifth not only means you play the eighth final, but it means you play it on the road. Because the higher seeding, higher placed in the regular season gets the the home advantage all the way through the playoffs. Where, of course, they've been better. Where they've been better, so maybe it would <laughs> help. Maybe they should deliberately lose and uh, play uh, everything uh, on the road. I'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it should be interesting because the Besiktas, they, they, I saw they were saying Besiktas fans sold about 2,000 tickets. There was a lot of them in Hamburg last week. I did Hamburg mm-hmm. against Besiktas last week, and there was a lot of Besiktas fans in Obviously, yeah. big Turkish community in Germany as well, but there was yeah. a lot of them there, and they were loud, and they were jumping up and down, and they were doing all the things you expect from from a team like that. So, big game for them. Big game for them on uh, is it Wednesday night? I think it's Wednesday. Right. Let's uh, let's go to the trophy action Thursday night. Caledonia Gladiators ninety nine, Surrey Scorchers seventy four. Uh, Surrey without Jameson, so obviously no no centres yeah. with Hunt out. Uh, no good in as well. So they had Teo and Dengby starting. Debose was back for Caledonia, uh, but coming off the bench. And Johnny Bunyan was there, but then it turns out it was his last game. He's 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 going back to Falkirk. Yeah, a bit weird. Um, not weird in so far as that no that Johnny wants to play. Um, so I imagine, you know, he's an athlete you want to play, so if you're not playing, it's just all been a bit um Unusual with, with that this year because obviously the same they're thirteen players, but no one ever really. I, I mean, if there was an announcement about about whether Johnny was going to be playing or not playing, I didn't hear it. I didn't see no, it. No. Um. So he in his in the times have had injuries, he's still not come off the bench. Mm. You know, and they signed a guy Jovicic, who, to be frank, you know, probably wasn't as ready to play in the British Basketball League as Johnny was even now, and um. 
then kind of halfway through the season, you have kind of a farewell game, uh, all a bit in, of Saturday. On a Thursday night in a trophy. On a Thursday game. night in front of virtually no, well, not virtually no one, but but not a great crowd. Um, so I gather having a testimonial at the end of the season, yeah, which is which is good. Um, my, I, I'm, I'm available for a small fee for that, <laughs> um, Johnny. Um, I know that with, with, with it being really being Scotsman, obviously, there's no chance even a small <laughs> fee to pay. Um, but um, no, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's been a bit, it's been a bit of a just a bit off this year, I think, a bit unfortunate. Um, but you held a hell of a career, yeah. Um, to, to 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 be in the league as long as he has, and to be impactful as long as he has for, with you know forty plus percent three point shooting, you know yeah. basically Scottish Ian McKinney basically, yeah, yeah, um, which which for those who know is actually high praise, yeah, you know, it is, yeah, Google it, um, and to you know to be there basically every game and 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 you know he's very rarely injured, um, always knew what you were going to get, um, out of him and and. Played in some good teams and played impactful minutes in some yeah, really yeah. good teams. Um, and three hundred and twenty-seven appearances. He's second all-time behind Gareth in terms of uh, appearances for Caledonia. Yeah. Or games played rather than games played. You know that's pretty good. Yeah. You know it was very good. Um, and yeah, a lot of tenacity because you know one thing for Gareth. I mean, Gareth was six, seven. Gareth could dunk. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gareth could jump, you know. Gareth, yeah, Johnny's about five, five eleven, maybe five ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably slightly less. But I would imagine every American guard who ever saw him come on court thought, "I'm going to have him now. I'm going to. This is my time to shine." So they they went at him. To be fair. Yeah, we we told our guys to bless him. <laughs> <laughs> Go out of you, make him, make, you know, make him, you know. But then you, that 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 builds metal. You know, that it builds does, the, yeah, that, yeah. that builds the. You either you know there's been multiple young kids um, who've been in the league for a year or two years, everybody said, oh, he's got a chance, he's good. But ultimately, the, the grind of being got at, going at, because you're the weak link, going at, you're, you're perceived as a weak link, going when you're young, going at them day after day after day after day, um, game after game after game, in the practice, people are going at you game after game, all the new Americans coming in, going at you, mm. and have kind of the, the mentality to to... To, to beat that, mm. you know, and, and to fight through that and to get to that point whereby actually they're not going at you anymore. Mm. That's that's a big thing because that's where the, the vast majority of professional careers found it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we, you know, a young for we always why haven't we got enough young British guys? Well, you think because you they think, don't stick it out, they yeah, can't, yeah. ultimately they've got you know, they've got to be productive at some point. Do you think about it? How many, how many uh smallish point guards have there been British? That have lasted that long. You think of Connor. You think of Johnny. There aren't many, are there? Really? Well, certainly not in this not in this era, mm. um, because it was all it was always the mentality of, you know, the, the, the you you find American guard, mm. and that's primarily because um, one British a good British guards were, were particularly before Brexit were offered to Europe, getting paid a lot of money, yeah, which true, we couldn't true. afford, yeah. you know, so. You know, we got Justin at the end of his mm. career, not not the very end, but he came back when he was 32, 33, mm. you know, maybe 31, you know, because he, for family reasons, you know, we didn't get him when he was 26, 27. Andrew Lawrence, the same, mm. um, you, know, you know, and so so part of that is that, the, you know, the absolute, you know, the guys who've gone to, gone to USA colleges and scored 18 a game in US colleges mm. on Division One colleges aren't playing their, weren't playing their um, substantial parts of their career in the UK. 
Um, but then, because the, the people are coming through the, the British system, um, you know, they're having to compete to prove themselves. Mm. Well, they had to compete to prove themselves. They didn't play for two years. or hardly played for two years. You know, Johnny was the same. Johnny was, you know, when Johnny came, Johnny start probably his first or second season. They had an American British kid called Alex Marcatolio. Yeah. Out of maybe Notre Dame, somewhere like that, or, or no, it was somewhere. It was a really a pretty good, a, a pretty good American college. It may not be now. I can't remember. A pretty good American college, American British guy. You know, when you look at your resumes and you say that you know Alex, what's his name, Alex Marcatolio is going to be around for a lot longer than Johnny Bunyan. The same size could shoot the ball, um, but he lasted a year and a half. I think he might have got picked for GB. He lasted a year and a half. He got picked for GB on the base of his college resume, but wasn't there. You know, we had um, Richard Midgley at Newcastle, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. He decided that um, you know professional basketball wasn't for him. Played a couple of years at Everton, decided he'd go and live in California. Good for him. Northwestern. You know? He went Northwestern. To sorry, I meant you know. Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was Big Ten College, that's right. Mm. Um, and, and, and yeah, so Mitchell, who was another high-level British guard, didn't 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 stick it out because he decided he had better things to do than play basketball, which is fine. That's his life, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, to do yeah, to do for twelve years, particularly as a point guard, mm. is or 12, 13 years, three hundred and twenty games as a point guard, um, means that you've maximised all this, every skill that you had, mm. um, and every skill that you had was basic. And Johnny's skills were basic. Getting the ball over half court, passing it to he needed to, and knocking down an open shot. Mm. You know, and it's, it's a great thing for players. You know, for all these British guards coming up, you don't have to be six foot two. You don't have to be able to jump a mile. You know, you just got to be. You're solid, you're disciplined, and you can shoot. Most importantly, you can shoot. Because if Johnny was a, a 32 percent three point shooter, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be in the. In, he wouldn't be in the British basketball league. And you can shoot, and you work on that day after day after day. Then you got a bit of ticker. Well, you're gonna make it, um, and I hope that he goes and burns everybody in Scotland for thirty yeah, yeah, every yeah. game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I am a little bit surprised they can't use him. I don't yeah, know yeah. if his health, yeah. his physicality, his physical health has dropped off a little bit, whereby it's harder for him to keep up or whatever. I don't know, um, but I'm a great believer, and I'm, I'm watching it. Obviously, I, I, I'm kind of my history is biased towards older players because generally you win stuff with with brains as opposed to brawn, mm. you know? And um, I'm watch, obviously watching Defoe at the moment at 39, um, with the guys we had, Charles was MVP at 39. Um, it wasn't because they could run faster or jump higher. No. It's because of what they, they, because of what they had in here. So um, I think we do value athleticism a little bit more than um, game smarts at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and fans do in particular. Everyone's always, it's like every sport, you know, everyone's always looking to pension somebody off. Yeah, yeah. But Jimmy Axe yeah. still bowling fast for England. He's forty-one year old. Why? Because he's better than everybody else. Why? Because he's got twenty years of knowledge. His body is used to it. It's what he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So why do we stop? Why? Why would you not use him? Well, you can still do it. Um. So yeah, great job. Yeah, Johnny. yeah. I'm with you. Um, I'm a, a little surprised yeah. I couldn't find him a few minutes this year. But uh, but it is what it is, and it will it will he'll long be remembered in. Uh, Rock and there's any consolation. Clearly, clearly, sorry, waiting on it as well because they got themselves a nice little cheap technical foul at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Point. Uh, the yeah. funny thing is, because uh, I was I was driving back from whatever game I was doing, I was doing a Euroleague game on Thursday night, so I was listening to it, uh, mm. and I obviously heard that, but I watched it back um, yesterday, 
and and actually noticed that Gareth from the sideline shouted, yeah. Johnny, take it. Yeah, exactly. It was a bit like you're in the nines football, wasn't it? Where the kid who hasn't scored a goal all season gets to take the penalty. Mm. Um, he made it. That was the important thing. He, he missed he, it. He, he, yeah. Yeah, but uh, look, look, there's a lot of water under the bridge. There's a lot with Johnny and that franchise. And I'm quite sure. I'm not. I'm, I'm not suggesting that they've done him wrong or anything like that. Mm. I'm, I don't know what the story is. I don't know what's yeah. going on. It may well be that this is this is kind of being managed and managed in a certain way that everybody's mm. everybody's content with, you know. So I, I don't want this to be sounding like a kind of a bashing of, of Gareth or the guards. I don't know, mm. and, and I don't think it probably is. I think you know they both. You know they're all they're all. Yeah, Look, they're all mending all sorted out what yeah, way yeah. they want to. Well, it's hopefully they uh, hopefully they sell out his uh, testimonial and it's a good day. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the game. Uh, Police are thirty back to back threes in a thirteen zero run to seventeen five. And to be honest with you, that that was just about it. Sorry, didn't didn't have enough horses to make a comeback really. Yeah. Um. This is the difficulty of the story was this was always before the Lord Mayor's show because everything was going to be on the, the game on Saturday anyway. And then it's in, Cal- it's in Caledonia, so it's a long trip. And then Jameson's not there. And it's the worst team in the league to play against without size because they've got size at every position and they're playing through Ali Hodzic in the post. So they're going to really just batter you down. And... Dubois coming back gives them a nice little kick off the bench. Also, Bothwell starting, so he's kind of a little bit more comfortable that the coach believes in him. And obviously, and they really haven't got anybody on the wing to, to guard Polizzo in his shooting. So, they they never look competitive in this game. Um, it, it's tough because you can make threes and you can make threes at home, you can score lots of points. You can try and ride a wave of kind of we're feeling good about ourselves, but eventually you need the bodies, and those bodies have to be a certain size. And you, on the road, you have to be able to physically kind of compete and challenge. And it's a little bit early for Okasimi and um, and Bailey. You know, if you know if Lloyd had been told at the beginning of the season, right, you've got two must-win games, and you know the first one you're going to have these two guys playing your centre spot. Mm. He'd have probably thought, oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit, it's a bit early for them. You know, they're both guys who are. Who have demonstrated they can play, but they're they're, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven minutes a game level. Mm. At this point, you get out of them what you can, and then you, because they're going to be in foul trouble, and then um, Gooden's hurt as well, and Gooden's been he's not been massively involved in this season for them, um, but he's a point of difference for them, and without that point of difference. A lot falls on the Robinson and Lawrence to create shots, and to, you know, and eventually against that Caledonia team who was built to kind of be methodical, shut you down. The only the way you way you beat them is by you know you hold them in the seventies and you score eighty, and they were never going to hold them in the seventies. Mm. They did briefly get it to sort of six or seven in the third quarter. It never quite looked sustainable. Um, Paliza 20.6 rebounds, Johnson uh, 19.5 rebounds, Bothwell 14 points. It was 53.36 on the rebounding, just to emphasize the size thing. Uh, the it was 17 offensive rebounds to 29 defensive uh rebounds, so they had what's that a third or something of the mm-hmm. missed shots. They got second chance points and they got 18 second chance points. Uh, Robinson 16, Ogan Demby 14, steal 11. Uh, just on this yeah. one, though, uh, shout out for um, 
for, for the for Brett on commentary, doing his first commentary game, Brett Berman. A particular shout out for Brett because he absolutely nailed the next game. I've actually got that game. written down in the next game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But absolutely. He, but fair, he looked like yeah. an absolute genius because I was doing well, the commentary of the other game and I flipped, I, I had the, we had a quarter break and I put up the, uh, the stats and I saw Kimball McKenzie 20 points, eight of eight shooting, seven assists. And I, I actually said it on commentary. Brett Berman is a genius here. He's, he's absolutely. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a fairly, I think it's, I don't think it's a difficult take, but he said it and he absolutely nailed it. But he, yeah, he was yeah. spot on. But I, I thought he was spot on when he said it. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. So it wasn't not a question of after the, after the event. Yeah. Um, yeah, he talked about you know who you know who's going to be. Josh was saying Ted Young's going to drop thirty, and, yeah. and he basically said the team runs on Kimball McKenzie. Yeah, and um, yeah, we're going to get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. Uh, first of all, we'll divert via Bristol Flyers ninety-four, London Lions seventy-two. Bristol had no Smith, no Thomas Edwards, and obviously Graham Bell. London rested everybody except Nelson Grantham. Shalawadi was back for a few minutes and looked all right. Bristol in the first half for no obvious reason were just jacking threes despite their substantial size advantage. They ended three of 17 at halftime. Londolfi had hit uh, two of them. He had his best offensive game, actually, Londolfi. The third quarter, they turned up a bit of defense. They forced some turnovers. They got runouts. They won the quarter 35-12, and that was basically that. And I said, you didn't have to watch this one back, Dave. But... You did. I asked you. I looked at the stats, and I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be a tough watch. Um, well, look, London, to be fair, London have earned, I mean, London have earned the right to do that, and particularly in a game where there's nothing on it. Mm. Now, if Bristol had to win that basketball game by 20 to to, to qualify the three-way tie, mm. they would currently be, you know, the, um, the, the social media would currently be on fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I can't, you, you can't raise any issues if they had enormous, enormous amount of games. But even if they hadn't played an enormous amount of games, You've qualified, mm. and the other team hasn't qualified. Then, 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 short of the fact, and the Bristol fans will be happy because they saw their team win. Albeit, I think I would probably prefer to watch those other guys play, but nevertheless. So, um, yeah, you know, mm. that that's that, that they're the games when you get your um. And it, and it's useful for them because Bradley had nineteen, and obviously he's a new signing, uh, so they're integrating him. Ollison, seventeen, yeah, Jacob, potential all star Levi Bradley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kabo, did you not see the, the all star voting release? Uh what is he in the is he in the thing? He's yeah. currently ranked third in forwards for the West at, for the end south at seventeen percent of votes. Yeah. He's got them. a lot of American he's got a lot of American relatives. Yeah, yeah. He's only played one game or two yeah. games. Yeah, there needs to be some jiggery pokery done with with that. I think because no, there doesn't. No, it doesn't matter. Really does. does it doesn't you matter. Can't, you can't. You can't be voting people who haven't played a game. Yeah, I've played three matter. games in the All Star game. I mean, come on. There needs matter. to be minimum requirements or something like that. No, that doesn't matter. Uh, it wasn't just. Yeah, he doesn't agree, does he? Um, no, I don't care. It? Put put Teddy Allen in if you want Levi Bradley. Oh, he's, in. he's going to be in. He's got votes. Yeah, he's yeah. already in. I don't. You know, he's he's played nine games. I can just about get by with that. But Levi Levi Bradley and Mike Bothwell, I'm struggling. Yeah. yeah people, anyway, people vote for them. I got a problem. Oh, it's democracy, okay, mate. Well, it's democracy. Vote for who you want to. Yeah, if you want yeah, to vote yeah, for Screaming yeah. Lord Such, you do that. I don't think uh, he's on the list, sadly. And Patrick yeah. Whelan's listed as a forward. That's not good. No, no. But apart from that, I'm fine with it. As you tell, I'm not at all under the cover about this. Yeah, 
Kabosa uh, 18.6 rebounds, Nelson 13, Queeley 11. So let's go to the main order of Friday night. Newcastle Eagles 85, Leicester Riders 101. Um, Eagles obviously still with only their six uh, six frontline players. Um, yeah, they managed to get Sam Mamouni, who hasn't played, he's played about three minutes all season. He managed to get injured as well, so he wasn't even like, signed up. The uh, the seven guy, even the guy who never played was injured. (laughs) They scored the first seven points of the game. Um, although slightly ominous when Mackenzie hits the three in the corner, it was waved off for uh, for stepping on the line, but uh, a a sign of things to come, I think. And the other thing that probably uh, didn't help Newcastle was they got Walker on two fouls after three minutes and brought a doe in. Yeah, I think I think that was yeah that was a maybe a, a fortunate um, opportunity for Rob because to be fair, Walker had knocked down a three, but he was also going to struggle to stay in front of anybody, any of the, the Newcastle guards in the screen row they were attacking him. Um, firstly, I quite enjoyed this game, even though um, the Eagles weren't that close in it. Um, it had the atmosphere and the environment of a of a proper game. Um, and that was not because the crowd, the crowd's the same as always, you know, thousand fans, two thousand people coming in to say, Oh, how many fouls people get? Um, and all the other stuff going on. But because the team, you know, we, we have this this ubiquitous for um cliche of everybody's locked in, you know, everybody's half an hour before the game, you've got a picture of some little some basketball player on the court, you know, dancing with the headphones on Mark's locked in, you know. It's like, no, they're not, they're just people doing their job. Um you know, from now on, I have a definition. My definition of locked in is if you're not what Kimball McKenzie was in this game, you're not locked in, mm-hmm. right? Because ultimately, and there's a lot of reasons why he was he was ready for this game, primarily because he's been around the league a little bit. He knows what Birmingham's about. He got beat by London in the final last year. So there's all those things going on in Birmingham. So And because they know that they've got another two, two months of pretty... Um, Jeopardy free basketball after this, and players don't really like that. Players want to be on a big stage, and so as the leader of that team, which is which is what he unquestionably is, but also as someone with a background in things that have gone before hinterland in in, in it, he was aware of what that game meant. And Newcastle were playing with house money because there were six of them, and they don't. They, and, and to be fair, Defoe had been thrown up all all weekend, all week, and was actually subbed in the third quarter to go and throw up into a bucket. Um, on the sideline, some of the, the fans' testimonies on Facebook who sit behind that side say that they, they, they didn't want to get too close. They saw it, but they didn't want to get too close. So they were they were really playing with house money. You know, they, they weren't, the, the, the expectation wasn't on them to win. They were just, you know, going to see how far they could ride it. And they came out full of bounce, and they were seven a little before, before Leicester had um, attempted a legal shot. Mm. Um, the problem was that when Leicester did attempt a legal <laughs> shot after that, they didn't really miss many. Now, the biggest thing though was was Kimball because you know the seven they're at seven zero after ninety seconds, and um, they come out um, and Ricky McGill falls over mm. at half court trying to guard him, which weren't great. And rather than having any kind of lack of clarity in his mind, McKenzie just steps up to three point nine bang, mm. right? You know, I'm, you fall over, I'm going to shoot the ball. Nobody else recovered to get to him. No one. Eagles weren't obviously expecting that. There was no, yeah, yeah. no I think even if they'd recovered, they wouldn't have got to him on the three point. Maybe they, they might have made, tried to made, take the lane away, but it might have made him change his decision. Mm. So, you know, but the point being they weren't expecting it. 
And, and at that point, you know, you don't know who on the other team is ready to play and who's not, right? Mm. And um, and then he made a shot the next play. But then what happened was Newcastle tried to go basket for basket with Leicester, but Newcastle's floor balance in the first quarter was off. And what I mean by that, a floor balance is an offensive thing. Mm. Depends on basically where, where are your guys when the, when the shot goes up because as well as trying, everybody loves it when you get offensive rebounds and you score. But it's never great when you don't get an offensive rebound and suddenly you look up and it's 3v1 the other way. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the lineup that Newcastle were kind of forced to play, where they have Austin, who's primarily playing off the ball, he's crashing the offensive glass more often than not. Taj Green is in- incessantly crashing the offensive glass. Um, Darius is likely to be somewhere inside the, the, inside the three-point line at the time a shot goes up. And um, that leaves McGill and Johnson. One of them is a guy who's penetrating or, make, or has got the ball in their hands. So if you don't get the rebound, you can be often left with you know one guy back. Mm. And Leicester are a, a, a really dynamic transition team because they are very athletic. Thomas, Holmes, Allen, um, and obviously McKenzie can all push the ball when Adobo comes in as well. Um, they move the ball well. Mm. And they killed Newcastle in transition in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah. That was the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a nineteen shots. Yeah, there was a nineteen-five. Yeah, yeah, there was a nineteen-five run in four minutes to twenty thirty-one, and I, I've got down Eagles transition. D wasn't great. Riders out and running scored thirty-seven points in a quarter. Yeah, well, thirty-seven points eight and a half minutes because they didn't score in the first minute and a half. Yeah. Um, well, uh, or if Kimball's feet were a bit smaller, they'd have had forty points in the quarter. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just thought they were Newcastle were just a little bit, a little bit high on the house money side. They played with a little bit of a lack of. Um, it's hard because it's tough because they're outmatched in in lots of positions size wise, but they, they needed to play the perfect game discipline wise, and they didn't quite do that in in the way that they um, in the way that they gave up transition and getting the shots that they took offensively. They kind of relied a lot on. The individualism of some of that uh, of um of Johnson and, and and McGill and then Austin getting off in transition, and so you know it's tough there that, that you know in the when they've been playing with with Whitfield or Ward Hibbert those guys will be in, those guys know what their role is they don't crash as much they get back the balance is there, and and when you play with those three guards in such a way that it isn't necessarily and against Bristol maybe you can get away with that against other teams you can get away with that against that Leicester team. Very difficult because you know they're, they're very good with the basketball and their hands going in transition. So, um, yeah, um, the interesting subplot for the season was kind of um, Allen and Austin because um, Leicester actually better when Allen wasn't on the court in this game, in my view, from what I could see. He didn't play that many, maybe maybe twenty five minutes because the ball moved more, it popped more, and um, the times that they um, struggled a little bit. Um, when the ball slowed down, it generally stuck a little bit in Alan's hands. And the reason it's stuck in Alan's hands is because he's been guarded by a little guy who was bothering him, um, as opposed to a big guy who he could kind of have a little bit of space to operate and, and shoot a step back three and, and get his, you know, and get him on his heels. So that meant that in order to make a move, he had to, you know, drive, penetrate, dribble, spin, whatever, um, which took a little bit more. Than it would normally be um, when he would normally look to just get off his three point shot because he's been a devastating three point shooter so far in the league. Mm. 
And there were a couple of times he lost the ball. There was once the four came up on him on the backside and, and took yeah. it off and then got a layup. I, I had flashbacks of uh, run, Billy, run. You remember the 2001 uh, player final where Billy Singleton um, was out on, in the fast break trying to run it and run back a layup? I think, I think even that, I think that's a little bit harsh on Darius. No, Darius. not physique, just the fact that he looked knackered doing it. After the free throw, he was there blowing, and then it was like, I think he's going to do his shoelaces in a minute. Yeah, I was just watching his ham each hamstring every strike. <laughs> uh, they don't need another one. Slow down, Billy, slow down. Um, but it kind of came because Alan was a little bit more individualistic within the group, and they were really pushing up on him, and they weren't giving him his get-out shot, which was his, his three-point shot. He didn't get a three-point shot. And then he got a couple of fouls as well. Uh, which took him out of the game as well. So it's a kind of an interesting precursor as to ways of defending him mm. for the rest of the season because he's going to score points every game. And he made it, you know, he got a couple of offensive rebounds on Austin, he got down the post a couple of times and scored. So there is a way around it. Mm. But in doing that, that kind of takes him and takes them a little bit out of what they'd been doing with him at the top of the key. So we'll see whether more teams kind of go with that strategy of, of defending him with a little guy um, or whether they, they kind of stick with a bigger guy. But Newcastle went to a zone and that kind of frustrated Leicester a little bit. They were never going to make as many shots in the second quarter as they did in the first. Before you get to the second quarter, yeah. um, I've got quarter scores going back to 2009. 37 is the most Newcastle have conceded at home in that time. Mm. Previously, 36 against Lions and in 2022. Leicester's best in Newcastle was 30. Um, I'm surprised but, at that because there's been a few games yeah, where it's... Yeah, exactly I about, was a little surprised. You know... Um, but you know, well, but this is the thing. See, Leicester, Leicester, this is the thing with it being a big game. Leicester were playing for a final or for a semi final, mm. and so there was no, the, the, you know, at any, any given time in the, in the British basketball league season, you have two teams at slightly different levels of motivation, which will generally always be slightly below 100%. You know, they'll be going up or they'll be going down, or they'll be in their feelings about something or other. They might be on the rise, they might be on the drop. We talk about it all the time. This is a one off game, so it doesn't count. It was essentially a quarter-final, wasn't it? It was a quarter-final, yeah, mm. which is what we're missing. We've been missing all this season, all, all the cup games, which really kind of used to spice up all those league games where everyone was mm, OK. Um, so Newcastle were never going to be able to rely um, on um, on Leicester not, not, not being entirely there. You know, they were always going to be entirely there. But whereas when they'd been at Bristol, Bristol had been missing a few players, they'd come off a European game and, and they'd won at Bristol with a six-man rotation. Manchester hadn't been locked in at all, hadn't been focused at all. So they were, Newcastle were playing a team at a different level in forms of kind of mental um, aptitude and application to the game. And um, yeah, and, and that they were really, and that was really impactful because Adobo came in, made shots, um, Holmes was making shots. They were getting out in transition, they were running, they were focused on the defence. And you know they were clearly you know prepared to have the whole week to prepare for the game and they were clearly ready for, for Newcastle six players. Um but you know the zone kind of stymied them a little bit um and slowed the game down a bit, which Newcastle desperately needed to do, which is tough because they're a fact they're a very fast team, but they needed to slow that game down. And um then John Johnson did it when had one of his little kind of second quarter explosions and suddenly it's a six-point game, and you're wondering how, to be honest. Yeah, um, but there was quite a bit of trading scores as well. So once they got it to six, it just sort of bounced between. Well, six, yeah. Six well, once they got, I mean, the, the second quarter, I think Leicester scored fourteen points mm. or sixteen points, something like that. And um, you know that was the way it had to be the rest of the way. Mm. Um, and it wasn't because no. um, Leicester broke out some threes, and the guys that broke out the threes were the 
Um, Mackenzie, who whenever they needed a bucket, was able to get to wherever he wanted to go and make the shot whenever he needed to. You know, guy definition of a guy who was totally in control of the game, basically. Um, uh, Lol, who steps up and makes you know key plays and key shots when they need him. And then that that kind of extra athleticism and shooting, and they got some shooting from Adobo as well. Mm. And then and, and a little and, and some energy and some rebounding and and kind of play around the rim from Shelton. So Newcastle kept kind of scoring with them, but every time they got a chance to get close, they missed a couple of foul shots. And it was one of those games whereby if they didn't get over the hump in the third quarter mm. and make it into a dogfight, mm. they were never going to survive in it. And Leicester broke them at the end of the third quarter, and then Newcastle lost the discipline at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So Mackenzie had five in a row in a 9-0 run to 61-74. And then, as you say, Johnson fouled out, uh, I think it was four minutes into the fourth quarter. It wasn't two, just that. I mean, Johnson fouled out, but it wasn't just Johnson uh, fouling out. There was, I think, they committed probably six fouls in the first four minutes of the fourth quarter. And they were in the penalty early, and they were all bad fouls. They were all kind of frustration fouls. It was almost like they, they kind of figured out in their own head, they were, they, were, they were trying to rage against the light of the, the inevitable. Mm. But, you know, when, you know, when you're in a, a game like that, a game with proper consequences, and we were on the other side of it, you were always looking for the point whereby you broke the other team's will. Mm. And breaking will doesn't just mean they give up, it just means that their mental focus kind of reduces to the point whereby they start making mistakes and start doing things they wouldn't do. Maybe the coach puts in a couple of guys, changes rotation, and that's the point you know you've got them. And that was the beginning of the fourth quarter mm. in this game. Newcastle had they had the chance of making maybe one run and, and, and making it interesting, but they didn't make a couple of shots then defensively. They shot a couple of bad three-point shots, kind of tired-looking shots early in the offence. And Holmes or Lal got across and blocked them. Then they committed fouls at the other end of the game, up in transition, and that was the game. So um, credit to Leicester. The Leicester vibe's interesting at the moment. They, they didn't strike me as a... I mean, Alan was an interesting kind of watch on the bench in the fourth quarter. You guys wouldn't have seen it on the TV, but he was a bit antsy on the bench. It was time, you know, he, wanted, he did that American thing of walking to, the, walking to the halfway line to try and sub in and that type of stuff. And Rob said, you got to sit down and, and all this stuff. Um, they... They've got a, a lot of um, talent, and it's going to be it's going to be it's, it's, I think it's going to be a job to manage them. Not in the next week or two, but I think in the next two or three months, it's going to be a job to to keep them all going. I think the Mackenzie and, and and even Walker to a certain degree, uh, and and Rob and Pablo are going to be the key to that because uh, they've still got a lot of young. Well, there was a great one at the end when when uh, Alan had fouled out and he wasn't he wasn't happy, and I'll, I'll just touch on that in a minute. But he was he was punching the chair next to him yeah. in yeah, frustration, and Rob was standing in front of him, presumably to block any view from the referee. And then Pablo moved over a seat to sit on the one he was punching as well. Yeah, I did see that. It actually slipped my mind, but that's what I meant. He's just antsy on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a little bit before that as well. You could see he was, mm. you know, you can see when a player's kind of, you know, and the reality was he didn't know what that game was. Mm. Uh, he wasn't ready. He hadn't seen anybody defend him. The that Austin defended him. Austin's a pretty pesky defender when he wants to be anyway. Mm. But he, you know, very rarely, and you know, is he going to be guarded by somebody who's six foot one? You know, so it's, it's new to him. Then on top of that, he really doesn't know what Birmingham is. He's been there. He's never been. He's never seen it. Players no, don't know they've no, seen it. No, no. So, someone like McKenzie. So he kind of got a little bit blindsided by that game. I thought he still scored fourteen points. He's still, 
still clearly a mega talented scorer. But you know, this is how you can Im impact individuals depending upon what their understanding of everything is. Mm. Uh, and so I, so I thought that was a really interesting subplot in the game because it's the first time that we, I certainly obviously you, the first time we see someone live is always interesting anyway because mm. you get the you get the pickup on all the peccadillos and the body language etc. Uh, and then seeing them live when they're basically experiencing a bit of adversity for the first time. If you take out that London game, you know, where they just got beaten, you 6 of 25. But, you know, it's London, so that's, that's what's expected. This is kind of another British basketball league team. They've only got six players. He should be stomping all over them. And it wasn't easy for him. Mm. So so how he responds, he's going to have to learn as a pro. You've got to respond to adversity, you know, and, and, and you can't be banging chairs when your team is winning by 20. Mm with three minutes to go in a game to get to a semi-final. Mm. You know, that's the time you've got to be walking off. Because a coach sees that, a coach is going to think, man, this guy's more in his own head than he is in his team's head. They're the little things you've got to get better at. Just and pick up on the, uh, on the on the foul, which which caused his ire. Um, well, the world says it, I could, I, and this is a literally an Arsene Wenger thing, it's yeah. right at the other far end of yeah, the arena. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm... I'm I know the ball was in the air, yeah. and the corner. I mean, the corner on sports from like Del Pesh was so, jumping. So I, I couldn't see. So somebody who I won't name. I, I, I've just finished my game. I've walked out. I'm watching it in the in the in the office, and somebody I won't name says to me, "That's never an unsportsmanlike foul." But I hadn't quite seen it. Uh, right. So so I'd, I'd and somebody else texts me and say, "That's never an unsportsmanlike foul." So I, I've I've obviously watched it back, and I agree because he's up in the air. He's he's, he's chasing it for a block, and yeah. it's it's the, it, the referee said he's pushed him in the back or something. Um, but to me, when when you go up in the air, it's a totally different unsportsmanlike rule to when you're on the ground. So I, to me, don't think that's an unsportsmanlike foul. And actually, there was one in the first quarter where um um who was it uh, Johnson sort of they were trying to throw a lob to Thomas and Johnson just sort of backed into him to yeah. bump him called yeah. a, the quarter foul to me that was the unsportsman foul that Chris Dodds called last yeah. week that wasn't that was it it was that was scored now I don't I don't think it was an unsport but Leicester didn't even get shots for that they didn't even get free throws and well, to me that was more well if it's, attempt, well uh, I saw the foul. I remember the foul you're talking about. But yeah. the, the foul is when the ball's in the air. It's not. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, my point is uh, that was the the concept of that last week was called an unsportsmanlike foul, even though it wasn't. He hadn't got yeah. off the ground. And when you compare the two, yeah. I would say that's closer to an. I don't think either are unsportsmanlike, by the way. No, I'd say well, that's well, closer to it. Then that's a deliberate attempt to yeah. bump a guy in the air versus trying to block a shot from. Yeah, him. well, the side part of that is um, I, got, I managed to catch a quick way with Ian McDonald before the game. I don't imagine I'm from betrayed confidences or anything like that. But but Ian actually grabbed us because he was warming up just down the area where I couldn't stand where I was where I sit, and he was saying that they'd actually been that the they were being encouraged. It wasn't. It was his two things he was saying, which are really interesting. One is um, that they're encouraged um, to call a normal foul first and then consider whether to upgrade, which is oh, different okay. to the way I put it last week, last week which was I would yeah, call yeah. it and then think about it later. Yeah. No. So, and secondly, um, that they were um, that they were being encouraged, to, and, and that those call that call at Glasgow was was passed by and assessor as being the right call. So that, that's obviously what they're being told told mm. to do on the basis that. The quote marks no play on the ball type of situation. 
I kind of rage with him. Well, what about when someone bumps a cutter as they're going through the lane? And, and he says, well, yeah, that's a, as they're going down the baseline or something. He says, yeah, well, off ball fouls are a bit difficult at the moment because the, technically that's the same the same principle. But he did say it wasn't because the play, they thought the player was in the air, albeit obviously Chris did. Um, <laughs> you know, so um, so that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, both those calls you you've, you've mentioned were both at the far end for me. Mm. Um, so I, there's just no, I got no view on that at all to see them. I think if a foul to be an unsportsmanlike foul and something like that, I think there should be. It's not in the rules. I think there should be a degree of intent. The referee has to see a degree of intent mm. um, to do that because um, one person's attempting to take a charge is another person's, you know, undercutting. You know, it's, the it's early game. The early game I did on Thursday had a had a very similar sort of foul where somebody had come in from behind. It was probably more egregious than the one that was called against Allen, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and it was a guy from behind, put sort of pushing, and and because the referees are mic'd up or there's a mic on the table when they do a review because they yeah, went they to the table. There was coach challenge. Is that an unsportsmanlike? And they went, they went to the table and he said, it's a normal basketball play, it's not excessive force. Well, that's the point, yeah. Is, is it a normal basketball play? You know, and, and uh, I mean, it didn't. I, 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 I paid little attention to the Allen thing because the game was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Smith foul anyway, so it didn't yeah. really matter either way, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, didn't watch, I haven't watched the game back because, you know, I, I watched it live and I was over and over. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, maybe it's a little. It is a little. Maybe they've been encouraged to kind of be a little bit more. Yeah, yeah maybe. And um, stuff on actions on the ball like that. Um, but I'm very. I do think we penalise people who challenge at the rim too much in this league. Anyway. Yeah. I think there's yeah, too yeah. much. Um, I think there are too many, fifty-fifty calls which go in favour of the offensive player. Too many bail-out calls, mm. um, which don't don't reward shot blockers. You know, minimal shot, minimal contact, and someone cleans the ball. And Speaking of which, we didn't because uh, we skipped through the uh, flyers going a heck of a blocking. I don't know if you saw the Queely block in the yeah. Uh, I saw I saw it in the highlights. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah, but you know that the presumption should be when someone's up there getting the ball and that's that's it. And I think at times that, that we um we're overprotective of the the offensive player and we give them opportunities. Um, might be changing a little bit with Josh Sharma flying around blocking everything. Yeah, maybe. That, that's yeah. It might be the good thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, so yeah, but it, it, the interesting point of it was beyond that, beyond sports night stuff, um, you know, Teddy Allen dealing with a bit of adversity because he's mm. going to find someone in your professional career going to get some, yeah, yeah, and um, you know how how are they going to keep him on 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 track that way, uh, and, and make sure that that doesn't kind of permeate the rest of the it, it doesn't permeate the rest of the group because it's never the question about the guy. Who's, who's in his own head? It's about how the guy who's in his own head impacts everybody else because they start getting in their own heads and then you've got a problem. Um, I'm not saying it's a problem. I don't think it is a problem at this point. But those kind of those green shoots of issues that I saw. Um, uh, so, but then again, they're in the final. They don't get yeah, so final so now. They got two games this weekend. Yeah. You know, and good for them. Uh, Green, 28 points, half of them in the fourth quarter, 11 rebounds. Uh, Johnson, 18 points, 5 for 15. McGill, 15 points, 5 for 20. So that's 10 for 35 for them too. Five, yeah, uh, McGill's, McGill's, McGill's playing 39 and a half minutes. You know, it's, and at the end of the he's, he's a guy who generally has the ball thrown to him, which put up tough shots at the end of the shot clock. Um, so he's a little bit um, impacted his numbers by that. But they're really still much better with McGill on the court than off him. Yeah. Five rebounds, six assists as well for McGill. Uh, shot 39% from the floor, Newcastle. McKenzie, 22 points, nine for 11, six rebounds, eight assists. 
Adowu, 17.3 blocks. Lawl and Allen both had 14. Leicester, by contrast, shot 57% from the floor, 14 of 29 from three and had 10 blocks. Well, you can't, I mean, they can't give up 14 threes against Leicester. I mean, they shot the ball really well, but it was McKenzie. McKenzie's no, 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 Mackenzie. I said I had a brief word with Rob afterwards and said, "Look, he just looked like Bernardini. He had he had the Bernardini look in his eyes, mm. which was, you know, we we're getting the final. We're going to try and beat these guys in the final. I've seen it." Uh, let's go to Saturday. Sorry, Scorcher sixty three, uh, Cheshire Phoenix one hundred and five. Jameson was back, but uh, Gooden was still out. I, I saw you retracted your statement, Dave. Yeah, I had to, didn't I? <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean this is a. This was brutal for Surrey. Mm. Um, you know, this was arguably their biggest game in about three years. Their biggest game since they were in the semi-final of the All-Star Golden Buzzer Championships. Mm -hmm. Well, the final they reached even. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They uh, won it. I, I, they? I, don't, I wasn't sure because we were already on the bus home by then. We'd already, um, we didn't wait to watch the final. Um, but um, I think we might watch I think we had Sky TV on the bus, so we might have watched it. Um, and you know, they just came out so flat. Mm. You know, Cheshire are what we know what Cheshire are. Again, Cheshire had that kind of Leicester look, which is, you know, we this is a trophy. We've got unfinished business. Um, we don't want to be playing. We, we really don't want to play a meaningful game against Sheffield tomorrow night mm. um, type of look in their eyes. And there was also the prize of whoever won this game didn't have to play London in the semi-final. Well, yeah, but Surrey had to win this game to, to get to the final, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get in at all. In and um, Cheshire knew that, yeah. We, we, we avoid, but I think, yeah, that as well for Cheshire. And, and you know what Cheshire are going to, you know what, we know what Cheshire are going to do. They're going to they're going to shoot threes. They're going to offensive rebound. They're going to play with a bit of swagger. They're going to come off the bench. The, the guys are going to come off the bench. They're going to shoot more threes. They're going to run harder. And, and you've got to match that. And the, um, you know, it, it had the impression of almost the the, the kind of the, the the team thinking that the the home venue and the crowd was going to help them. Mm. Getting you've got to make plays, and 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 you know, I don't know if Lawrence is hurt. Lawrence only played nine minutes. Gooden's not playing. Um, that again, puts a lot onto Robinson. I think Jameson obviously he's back, but we, I think he's been back to America, family reasons. So that so you wonder how um how able he is to kind of be 100% focused on that game if there's stuff going on. Um, and he missed a couple of early layups. And I'm like, I'm like mm. you know, at that top, but they needed, they, hadn't, they didn't really have anybody else. It was, he needs to come back to play, so good for him. And um, and then you've got to be able to try and defend the three-point line a little bit more than they did. And they just did not defend the three-point line well, I'm afraid. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Lloyd left it till 13-0 before he called a timeout. Mm. Yeah, you know, I I'd have probably had one at about seven or eight zero because, you know, it's just it's it, this is what that five minute timeout does with you. It plays with your brain as a coach, because mm. you're thinking I can get through to five minutes. We make we make a couple of shots, get through to five minutes, and then talk about it. Um, but he couldn't because it was thirteen zero. Mm. You know, didn't get the seven zero, and um, you know, they they were just 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 hideously flat. And yeah, so fortunately, you know, they they. They lost two games by a combination of sixty nine points over the over the week, and what, what they were they were technically must win games mm. for qualification. Um, I, I don't know really what to make of it, other than the fact that you know they're just a lot of they're just key bodies down, and and I count Jameson as being down in that game and, and and not really being 
you know, not in a great position to perform at his best in this game. Um, being down good and as well. But you know, this is where your 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 other guys, Iwan, Mohammed, um, Josh Steele, etc. That's where these guys have to come and play 30 minutes. Cooper put their hands up and make plays and um you know, Cheshire a lot of things. Um, they're not a fantastic defensive team. I think they played better defense in this game due to the focus that they've mm. on the trophy and the need to win it. I think that concentrated their mind. But they're still not a great defensive team. And and to allow them to hold you to sixty three in your home gym in is your own gym, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, yeah, um, I mean, as yeah. you say, 13 no, that was basically it. They did get it to four late in the first quarter, but an 18-3 run took it out to 19-38. And actually, once it got to 20, it never came below 20 again. Never made it one. No, and it just, you know, it, I don't know. It, it was just, uh, it, it was the, the epitome of a je ne sais quoi. What, what is going on? You know, I don't know why. Everything, everything's going wrong. This isn't the way we play at home. This isn't the energy that we normally show at home. Why wouldn't it be there? Was it because the game was too big for them? Um, was it because for some of the guys? Was it because they were they were too focused on it and it just froze? You know, I don't know. They're gonna have to make. They're gonna have to work it out. Was it just be, just because of a lack of numbers, because of mismatching with you know having to play those? Um, you know, Parkinson played some minutes in the fourth quarter, having to play Bailey, Nocky, Simeon, and those guys, or, or as I said before, the place fellas at this point in their career like that they can play in this league. But they're not necessarily going to win a quarter final for you. Um, and then they didn't make that many threes as well. But then again, Cheshire were challenging the threes better because they were a little bit more locked into it. And they're um they've got good length on the wings to challenge those threes. Mm. But you know, nine minutes out of Lawrence is a problem. Nine minutes, no points out of Lawrence. I mean, he, you know, without Gooden, um, he becomes a, an absolute critical part of generating their offense. And if he's unable to produce, um, then it kind of makes a little bit more sense as to two plus two making four as to why when he scored 63 points. Uh, Robin, excuse me, Robinson, 15 points, five assists, nobody else in double figures. Cheshire had five guys in double figures led by Christian White and Chargo, who all had 17. They were 17 of 38 from three. They had 17 offensive rebounds. They turned into 24 second chance points and they had 31 points off turnovers. Yeah, and they were the two numbers that I was going to quote back at you, actually. Mm. 17 threes and 17 offensive rebounds. Mm. I mean, if, if if you want to show, if Leicester want to see a way that a way to lose against Cheshire, you know, is to give up 17 threes and 17 offensive rebounds. Now, the threes, to a certain degree, they make or miss, but you've let them get 38 up and they're a three-point shooting team. So in a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a knockout mentality game, you would expect them to be a little bit more particularly when they're playing they're short of size, you'd expect them to press up a little bit more mm. and say, you're going to beat us inside. The thing about, the good thing about for Cheshire is they got a game out of Holden as well. Holden is a, the archetypal American rookie. He's either no points, three turnovers, 10 minutes, sit down. Or he's got 25, nine and six. Mm. And he's by far the best player on the court. And he looks like he'll be playing the Euro League next week. Mm. You know? Um, and they, they obviously started last week instead of Rideau. Rideau was back starting this week, but he's playing with Rideau a little bit this week. He made a couple of threes when they stayed off, which were scouting report threes, which you would live with if you're sorry. Um, but he, he has this kind of, and you can see that there's an interesting dynamic with him with, with all the other players because you get the impression that he's fragile, 
but extremely talented because when you know a call went against him in the um, third quarter and he ended up on the floor and he's got a couple of guys are coming up to him and they're in his ear they're talking to him he's, you know he's, he's kind of standing there looking at the ref saying I was I was fouled and and they've got the, 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 his teammates are talking to him and they're trying to keep him on the right direction you know so um he's really a, a, he is the archetypal ceiling raiser for a team you can be at a certain floor with without him but if he is playing at a certain level because of the things he does with his rebounding, with his shot create, with his creation and able to finish particularly going right, he raises the level of the team. Um, so he, he might be your one to watch next week. I'm not telling you how to produce your TV shows, but he might be your one to watch next week. Because he may not, Rideau is, is, is going to be there. Jack's going to shoot threes. Aaron Ryan's going to do what he does. Charge was being great. But if you're telling me, you know, if he has a good game, if Holden has a good game, Cheshire have every shot of winning. Mm. Mm. I mean, because his good games are very, very good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pass it on to Azania. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so sure. that 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 result meant Cheshire were through, but also Caledonia th were through. So uh, the final game last night, uh, Sheffield Sharks 77, uh, Plymouth City Patriots 73 didn't mean anything other than the loser. On that, you see, Caledonia are through on a, on a, on a, on the points difference, aren't they? Well, uh, it could also be on the combined head-to-head. -head, I think. I think so, that's still possible because at the because... moment, if if Sheffield win tonight, for if Sheffield don't win tonight, Caledonia are through because they're two and two, and Surrey are two and two, and therefore Caledonia beats Surrey. Yeah. So if uh, Cheshire, you're saying if Cheshire beats Sheffield, yeah, if Cheshire beats Sheffield, it's a straight head-to-head -head, two and two. Yeah, it's yeah? two and two against. However, Dingy. if Sheffield beat Cheshire tonight, yeah, then that would then be a three-way tie. Yeah, right, and the points difference with sorry Sheffield, sorry Caledonia, and Caledonia Sheffield comes into it. Is that right? No, it's uh, let me. I'm just looking at it. Oh, it I pressed the wrong way. I, I think it's the uh, is it not the uh, head to head? Let me just uh, did uh, let me just have no, a look. No, sorry, beat Sheffield Caledonia. Oh, yeah, we get yeah, be 2 1 1. Got you. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry. So, Caledonia won both games. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, Caledonia beat the right teams basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, just that's. Yeah. That, I'm. I was just trying to look at it, but that's what you just said. There sounds like. I mean, I'm just I thinking how at. ironic would it be if Johnny Bunyan's points had qualified? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Caledonia were two and zero. Oh, Surrey were one and one, and Sheffield were zero oh and two. So that's two, yeah, why yeah, they okay, finished that's, in that that's order. I was, I was hoping yeah. Johnny's point would have got them home. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, last night's game. I watched the last seven minutes of it. I'm afraid, guys. I'm. I'm really. If you want your money back on this show, you can have it. Mm. Um. I watched the last seven minutes. It was sixty-six, sixty-six, and basically. No one made much of a shot for about five minutes. Yeah, and I was about to say, did Plymouth score in the time you were you were? Um, no, they 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 came close. So to let me just let me just do the other bit yeah. first, then, because yeah. obviously Malik Green is in for um, for uh, Sheffield and Cameron Copeland in for 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 Plymouth. Terrell Green was hitting threes early on. Plymouth led by his eleven as many as eleven. Malik Malik Green looked all right actually, and Sheffield got it back. Um, and then I was thinking this game is going to go into triple overtime, isn't it? Because yeah, there's yeah, nothing riding yeah. on it, and it was so tight. But Sheffield actually scored the last six points of the game. Plymouth didn't score in the last three and a half minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, Malik Green, interesting because he's more of a four-man from what I can see. Thirteen and seven at college at Youngstown State, and the most interesting number for him was you know new team, fourteen shots in seventeen minutes. Yeah. Um, so. 
and obviously 17 points, which is good. He'll take 17 points or 14 shots. Mm. Um, but it suggests somebody with a who's come in kind of been waiting for his chance to be a pro for the last four months, sitting on his hands, mm. desperately looking, desperately saying, "When I get, when I get a shot at this, I'm not going to go quietly." <laughs> um, now it's fine. Now, that might be what Sheffield need. I didn't watch enough of the game to be fair to have an opinion as to whether it is or not. But he made seven field goals, so mm. you have to like that. Against that, he's playing against a, a Plymouth. He's playing a dead game, um, whereby it, um, the, the the Plymouth and against the Plymouth team, is, you know, which isn't the best interior defensive team in the league. So the danger is that you know seven of fourteen in a dead game against a not great team becomes. You know, three of thirteen against a good team who's defending you according to a scouting report. Mm. Now I don't know if that'll happen, but it's a, so it's a little bit early to um to judge. But they they made a decision that they need some interior scoring. I think outside of Bennett Cook, and I think that's probably a smart decision. Um, so how he um how he kind of filters in with the rest of them, we'll see over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, Plymouth. I mean, they, they thought they could have had a couple of calls down the stretch. They didn't get them. Um, I think there was one, there was only one, I think, where Wiley was driving and maybe someone put their hands in him where he could have had a call and didn't get one. Mm. Call for travel. He instead. seemed to get increasingly frustrated, play after yeah. play with that, didn't he? Yeah, and then they but they also made a couple of bad decisions in relation to the their their um their offensive um output. And they were just waiting for and Sheffield eventually, I think Pipkins made the shot, didn't he? He put the game away with mm. half a minute to mm. go. But you, we can analyze all. You, you don't analyze. It's you don't analyze a dead game. Mm. I'm afraid the way you analyze a live game. No. So, no. so Newcastle Leicester gets 20 minutes and Sheffield Plymouth gets four. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Green, uh, 17. Uh, Malik Green, uh, 17.7 rebounds. Uh, Retino six of six for 16 points. Cook 11. Uh, Terrell Green 23 points, five of seven from three. Wiley 18 points and seven rebounds. And Copeland. 13 points and six Yeah, rebounds. I like to look at Copeland. To be fair, again, I've talked about Green. Copeland looked like he knew his, he looked quite in control from the six minutes I saw. But came off a screen, came off a curl, shot the shot 15 foot. I looked in rhythm. Um, seemed to be defending diligently. I think he I think he may, may well be an upgrade for them. He may well help them. Obviously, Faulkner didn't play in this game either. Uh, so that is uh, that in terms of the games that we've done. Obviously, Cheshire play Sheffield later. You can join myself and Jordan Taylor for that live on the British Basketball League YouTube channel. You might, can. I might have you a can. quiz. I might have a quiz for you, Dave. I might break oh, out no, a you, quiz. You're trying it to might be in. a quiz. You're trying to lure me in now. I, I think you could yeah. also get a life. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh, man, now I might have to. Oh, man. I don't know. Right, I, I, I need something oh. random. I need something random that 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 can uh, that can. Uh, Cheshire give, Sheffield. Yeah, give 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 people like you some some food for thought. But uh, yeah, but, well, I mean, I'm trying. I think there's not much. There's, there's quite a bit links Cheshire and Sheffield. Probably Todd Cawthorn the most. Yeah, Todd Cawthorn's the obvious uh, one. I mean, Too obvious that players yeah. from the from the two teams. I also want to give Jordan a chance of answering a question as well. Well, he won't know anything before two well, So I just have really to I just really... have to pick something that has multiple answers, don't I? Uh, um, really should we have a look forward to the semi-finals while whilst yeah, yeah, we're here because we, we're a little short. So so Cheshire versus uh Leicester um in the first semi-final. I think it was in the second quarter yesterday I tweeted whatever the over under is between Cheshire and Leicester take the over. Take the over. Yeah. Well the way they were playing yeah, except I mean I think except I don't think, I don't think the 
I don't think there'll be a shortage of shots going up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, what's really going to be interesting is how the Cheshire guys go up under the lights. Mm. And to a certain degree, how half the Leicester guys, I mean, most yeah. of the Leicester yeah, guys yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Aaron Rye and Teddy Allen, who are, you know, probably the preeminently talented three men in the league at this point outside of London. So they're on they're on the court in, in you know in, in a big game. You've got the, the kind of Cheshire rookies who played fearlessly. You've got you've got Skyler who could be putting it up from anywhere mm. and, and won't go down. You know won't die um, quietly. Um, and then you've got the, the Leicester guys and um, you know Mackenzie's focus, Alan's skill, and all the, and all those guys who are going to be going around. Um, Thomas. Will Thomas be there? Thomas big key for them, mm. and um, it may be it may just come down to make or miss. Mm. It may yeah, just come down to who yeah. makes the most shots, and more importantly, um, who gets the most second chance shots off off three point misses. Because generally, if you don't make the first three point, if you get the offensive rebound, you're going to make the second one, mm. and you know that that's where maybe Shelton might help Leicester, give them a little bit more oomph um, on the defensive glass kind of in the second part of the first half and in the second part of the fourth you know and in the fourth quarter when legs are getting a little bit tired they're going to need to get those cheap possessions um so he he helps them um we don't know how Rideau is going to show on the big stage mm. you know I, I i tend all only 60-40, but a 10 towards Leicester. I did well. I said that three weeks ago. I thought Leicester London would be the final. Um I, I because of Mackenzie to a lesser degree, Connor, albeit you know, Connor's not been playing that much. But even in the game on Friday night, he took a big charge against Jordan Johnson. Mm. You know, that type of play makes a difference. You know, Johnson's fourth foul kind of put the nail in the coffin, really. Um, and, and that experience that they have with 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 Kimball and Connor, I think. Is probably the one thing that would tip them over the edge from a from a kind of betting with Dave perspective. Mm. Um, but there's too many unknowns. Yeah. The Cheshire team is just an absolute firecracker of a team. Yeah, yeah. You know, and with Rideau and with Hull and all those guys. Kristen had 26 points in 22 minutes the other week. Mm. He's coming off the bench. He's a seventh man. You know, that um, Stevens hasn't been seen for a while, but he could drop four corner threes. Mm. Um, so who will manage the occasion best? And that's yeah, why, I, yeah. in a 50-50 game, I'd go to Leicester, but I wouldn't put any money on it. Dear me. No yeah. way. Uh, and then London, Caledonia, in the other one, presumably everybody's back, probably not Decker, but everybody else is uh, uh, back for London, presumably, and at, at full strength. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the, 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 with Bothwell and Dubose back, um, it's probably the, the toughest of the four matchups for London, to be honest, because they've got Caledonia have legitimate size. They've got, you know, Moore come off the bench who can match up with Sharma. Nobody else has got anybody who can match up with Sharma coming off the bench in the whole league. Um, they've got, you know, a shoot, two shooters who can who can on their day go nine of twelve from three and and Wheeling and Polizza. Um, they've got size at the guard spot, so they can, you know, be potentially be in the faces of, um, of the London guards. It's still it's going to struggle to guard Matt Morgan, but everybody is. Um, so 
and 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 they've got a structure to their their game in relation to throwing the ball in the faro, etc. Early, so um, it isn't an absolute kind of roadkill situation, which probably it should be with with London if they're if they're absolutely um, focused on on the on the game because Caledonia are one of the better teams to compete with them, um, but. For London to lose would be humiliation. London losing the semi final would be humiliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, they've I mean? obviously got short preparation as well because of the Besiktas game. They have. Yeah, yeah um, but I agree they, with you. They've got to win. Short preparation. That, that, on the other hand, that's good rhythm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, they're playing. You know, they're playing in, in Birmingham. If the if the crowds, if the, the leagues manage to get the crowd there on the Saturday, that's nine thousand people. You know, those guys live for games like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Noab has been playing in front of one hundred and fifty people in the G League. Mm. You know, so he's now playing. So I've been watching those same games. You know, and, and he's now playing in front of nine thousand. And you know, and it, I just their big game experience. Mm. You know, for yeah, all yeah. that all that things that good stuff things I've said about Caledonia. They go without saying in relation to Conor Morgan. They go without mm. saying in relation to Gabe Olashenny. Mm. Um, you know, London should not lose. Should not lose a game this weekend. Um, they should realistically win them both by twenty. Mm. Um, if it's the best against the best, if it's a both best of both teams against the best of both teams, um, they should win by twenty. Um, but the balls they got to throw the ball up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and who know, and. and, and Whereas it's not the not the paradigm position for, for to be coming into, you know, we've had lots and finals before, so you know, it's just because London have got a lot of money and they've got a fantastic team doesn't mean that you know, it's the only time there's ever going to be a blowout. Mm. You know, you can go back to basically any final Plymouth were in, Plymouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or um, there's three, there's three I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, well, the, or, wor the worst of the which was in Birmingham, wasn't it? In Birmingham yeah. against Everton, yeah, they got beat by fifty. Yeah. Um, there was the one that we that Leicester blew us out in Wembley. Was it Wembley? Oh, oh, two. Sorry, they blew us out of the O2. Yeah. Leicester had three playoff finals where they won by twenty every year. Yeah, in a row because they were they were just at that point they were. Yeah. They were, they were the team, you know, they were rolling. But the, the auto that Plymouth won in the trophy final. That was awful, the game yeah. in Glasgow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was... That, that was what happened great. at the first quarter. Yeah, the, the Johnny White game. Yeah, Johnny White game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if we get a few calls, we might win. But yeah. That was a pretty game. Um, yeah, but that Plymouth team was in the process of, of falling apart. Busting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they got to the final by beating kind of combined mate of like the combined universities in Wales or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the best advertisement for a, for a, a, a trophy um, competition. Um, um, yeah, but it all counts on the chart, you know. I, yeah, I want the chart. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I think London should win. Mm. Um, without a shadow, without London, should, London, London should win everything. Um, as soon as they play that first game in the trophy, and the, the way they played it. You know, if there'd been any any market out there for for them to win the treble, then that was it. You know, mm. they've already won the league. Mm. Um, impossible to see anybody beating them over three games in the playoffs. Maybe someone gets them in the final. You know, on a on a one off miraculous situation. Yeah. But um, you know, they are. I mean, with the only thing that would give me thought about them being derailed would be if Gabe went down. If Gabe went down for the season, I'm not wishing for that, obviously. Mm. God knows. But if he went down for the season, um, the talent level would still be high, but he's their connector. Yeah. And that would bring them closer to everybody else. 
I just wonder whether you just slide Conor Morgan over to there. And... You do, but even then, that takes Conor Morgan away from being yeah, the, yeah. the three-point shooter. It just takes everybody just a yeah, little yeah. bit out of their comfort yeah. zone. It knocks them down about five or six points a game, I think. Yeah. Um, it's not so that you can't survive it, and you find a different way of playing. Of course you can. But, you know, he is he has just been so good this year mm -hmm. um, in facilitating for that team and being basically a point guard centre yeah. um, and a finisher, that he would be the only one, I think, that would that you would have any worries about if we lost him we'd struggle to replace him everybody else because even with De without Decker they've gone you know they've been they've had a switch yeah 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 you know so we shall uh see we'll look forward to that after the quiz today obviously which I know you're excited about Dave Not weird, no, yeah. so uh Dave and I will be back next week to uh to review the uh trophy final and see if it all went as we've just discussed over the last 10 minutes but for now goodbye <laughs>